0: WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The Berrien County Health Department is raising awareness about the dangers of prescription drug abuse. It's launched a campaign to prevent the abuse and tell people about resources for help. Department Prevention Specialist Lisa peoples tells us prescription abuse takes several forms. Taking a prescription that's not prescribed to you or in a way that was not prescribed to you. peoples says that's how some addictions start out innocently enough when someone doesn't follow the directions. As for which medications are abused the most, she says opioids are still the most common. There are some people who may be addicted to other prescription drugs like a Ritalin or Adderall, all of those things that may be used for something that's been a diagnosed condition. But the most prevalent misuse is an opioid form. People's Hearst says the relationship between drug makers and doctors in terms of properly communicating addiction risks has improved in recent years, partly as a result of lawsuits that have held drug makers accountable. She urges parents to monitor any prescriptions in their homes to ensure teens are not getting into them. That's because 12% of Michigan high schoolers have reported misusing a prescription painkiller at some point in their life. We'll have a link to more information and resources for help at our website. Next Tuesday will be Election Day, and there are some hot races on the ballot in Berrien County. In the city of Benton Harbor, Mayor Marcus Muhammad is being challenged by Gwen Johnson, the founder of the Sharp Foundation. There are two commissioner-at-large positions open in Benton Harbor next week with four candidates seeking them. Incumbents Edward Isom and Mary Alice Adams are being challenged by Emma Kennard and Shaquille Turner. Commissioner Sharon Henderson is seeking re-election with no opposition, and Santana Warren is the lone candidate on the ballot for city commission in the second ward, although Commissioner Jerry Edwards is mounting a write-in campaign. In St. Joseph, there are six candidates running for three seats on the city commission next week. The candidates are incumbent Brooke Thomas, along with Michael Fernandez, Chris Lannert, Sean Osborne, Tess Ulry and David Yardley. As for the ballot proposals that will be on the ballot next week, Waterville Public Schools is seeking $29.9 million in a facilities improvement bond. We saw a Township is seeking a fire department millage, and Benton Harbor is asking voters to renew the city's operating millage. Halloween has brought southwest Michigan its first snow of the season. National Weather Service meteorologist Dustin Norman tells us everyone should be extra cautious when they're driving during this first snow. Whether it's heavy rainfall or snowfall, you know, when people haven't experienced adverse driving conditions in a little while, it's kind of easy to get amnesia. And remember that you got to slow down and allow extra time and not hit the brakes too hard. Be extra careful driving in residential areas tonight with all the trick-or-treaters that will be out and about. Norman was expecting about a half inch to fall by the time all the snow is done. It's expected to taper off tomorrow afternoon. We are just looking at pretty cold conditions, breezy, maybe a few additional snow showers, but otherwise we should start to see conditions improve throughout the day and by late afternoon into the evening hours, we're looking at clear conditions. Norman says temperatures are expected to get into the 50s later in the week. You can also expect rain this weekend. An independent investigation has concluded a threat assessment should have been done by school officials into Ethan Crumbly's behavior prior to a shooting that left four students dead and others wounded at Oakland County's Oxford High School. A more than five hundred page report released today says Crumbley's conduct included viewing bullets, watching violent video on his cell phone during class, and writing statements like Blood Everywhere. Attorney Ven Johnson says everyone needs to learn from the tragedy. The only way to take such a tragedy and make anything ever good at it is to call it what it really was, hold the people and the entities that are responsible, responsible under the law, and then assess, okay, now that we know we did wrong, let's talk about what we can do right. The report spread blame throughout the Oxford school's leadership. Crumbly, who is now 17, pleaded guilty a year ago to first-degree murder and terrorism charges in the November 30th, 2021 shooting. The Michigan Maritime Museum in South Haven will hold two events to mark the 48th anniversary of the sinking of the Edmund Fitzgerald in November. Museum Education Director Ashley Deming tells us the mighty Fitz and her entire crew were lost on November 10th, 1975. The wreck has become a legend, partly because of the famous Gordon Lightfoot song. And no one truly knows for sure what happened. There's a lot of speculation on that. There's a lot of really good science that's been done to suggest what really happened to the boat. So it's one of those things that is always going to have interest. Deming says on November 10th, the Maritime Museum will welcome everyone to watch a live stream of the annual Edmund Fitzgerald Ceremony at the Great Lakes Shipwreck Museum in Whitefish Point. The event starts at 7 p.m. and will be free to attend. Then on November 15th, the museum will welcome guest speaker Rick Mixter for the Edmund Fitzgerald Investigations. Rick has 20 years of research into the Fitz, and he's got one of the largest film collections of Fitzgerald material as well, so he's going to be showcasing some of that in his presentation. Deming says the presentation is part of the Maritime Museum's Working Waterfronts Lecture Series and will cover Rick's 20 years of research into the mighty Fitz. That presentation will be free to museum members, but it's $10.00. For the general public, it starts at 6.30 at the museum. So, what was hot when it came to Halloween costumes this year? Barbie was tops for adults, according to Google Trends expert Jennifer Jones. How about for the kids? Barbie is also very popular for children, but beating out Barbie is actually Wednesday Addams, which is, of course, a popular television show over the last year. Uh, Wednesday beats out Barbie by just a hair. And then, of course, we have... Spider-Man, your traditional witch. Joan says many dogs dressed up as Ken this year. Other popular dog costumes were Spider, Cow, and Scooby-Doo. And trick-or-treating may be a lot of fun for the kids, but Associate Dental Consultant at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan, Dr. Christy Thomas, says don't let the kids have a bunch of candy all day. Do not skip dinner. Dinner is important. Um, We don't want to replace uh hunger with candy um it it has a problem um you will have to eat a lot amount of candy to feel full so then you'll get a spike in energy and then you'll crash thomas says the average kid is likely to consume between 3500 and 7000 calories from candy on halloween she also says make sure the kids get in the habit of flossing and brushing their teeth after all that candy wsjm news now continues with your bloomberg report WSJM News and Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture in DeWazak, where furniture shopping is fun. The Biden administration is urging Congress to pass a $106 billion package of aid for Israel, Ukraine, Taiwan, and border security. But a difference of opinion on the package has emerged between the House and Senate and the House version as a poison pill. ABC's Stephen Portnoy is more. The House bill offering aid for Israel but taking the funding away from the IRS would land with a thud in the Senate. The bottom line is it's not a serious proposal. Top Senate Democrat Chuck Schumer says he supports the president's request to bundle aid for Israel with funding for Ukraine, Taiwan and border security. And Schumer's GOP counterpart Mitch McConnell says he agrees in concept. McConnell says he appreciates that House Republicans might disagree. But in order to make a law, has yeah, to pass both bodies and be signed by the president. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News, Washington. A flurry of Israeli airstrikes on a refugee camp near Gaza's city-level department buildings, leaving craters where they once stood as ground troops battled Hamas militants across northern Gaza and attacked underground compounds. Bowied by the first successful rescue of a captive held by Hamas, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has rejected calls for a ceasefire and again vowed to crush Hamas's ability to govern Gaza or threaten Israel following its bloody October 7th rampage. That, ignited a, that attack ignited the war. More than half of the territory's 2.3 million Palestinians have fled their homes, with hundreds of thousands sheltering in packed UN-run schools-turned-shelters or in hospitals alongside thousands of wounded patients. Meanwhile, an explosion rocked a large refugee camp in Gaza today. The Hamas-run interior ministry in Gaza says it was a result of Israeli aircraft dropping six bombs in the area. The IDF says it's assessing the details of the blast, but it has said that it killed a senior Hamas leader. More from maybe C's Ines de la Quatera. We know that, uh, the Jabalaya refugee camp was struck. This is the largest refugee camp in Gaza and one of the most densely populated areas. We're seeing images, uh, starting to emerge They're showing the, uh, you know, entire neighborhood flattened, an area that appeared to have other, you know, multi, multi-story buildings around it, um, completely reduced to rubble. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and Secretary of State Anthony Blinken are urging an increasingly divided Congress to immediately send major aid to both Israel and Ukraine. They said at a Senate hearing today that in addition to helping the two countries in their fights against Hamas and Russia, broad support for the foreign aid would send a vital signal of strength to U.S. adversaries around the world. The leader's testimony comes as the administration's massive $105 billion emergency aid request for conflicts in those countries and others has hit roadblocks. There is bipartisan support in the Democratic-led Senate for sending aid to both countries, but in the Republican House, new House Speaker Mike Johnson has proposed focusing on Israel alone. Meanwhile, as the ongoing ground offensive in Gaza continues, White House National Security spokesperson John Kirby says a few dozen, a dozen additional trucks of aid were able to enter the Rafah crossing overnight, bringing some desperately needed aid into Gaza. Here's ABC's Karen Travers. The White House said Tuesday that 66 trucks carrying food, water and medicine made their way into Gaza over the last 24 hours. But National Security spokesman John Kirby said there is one critical thing missing fuel. No fuel has gotten in. Uh, And the existing stocks are are dang near down to zero. And that's that's perilous here for the hospitals, for the water pumps. Um, And so we're working hard uh, with Israel to make sure we can find some accommodations to get fuel in. Karen Travers, ABC News, the White House. The Supreme Court is wrestling with whether public officials can block critics from commenting on their social media accounts. The first issue arose in a case involving former President Donald Trump. The justices heard arguments today in two cases involving lawsuits filed by people who were blocked after leaving critical comments on social media accounts belonging to school board members in Southern California and a city manager in Port Huron, Michigan. The cases forced the court to deal with the competing free speech rights of public officials and their constituents and all in a rapidly evolving virtual world. It's not clear where the court will land. A genetic testing company is now under investigation after a major data breach. ABC's Mike Dabouski has more. Connecticut's attorney general has announced an inquiry into 23andMe, a company that collects genetic information and uses it to show customers their family lineage. A.G. William Tong says the company did not notify his office about a data breach that led to customers' data profiles ending up on the black market. Authorities say it affects at least a million people with Ashkenazi Jewish heritage and hundreds of thousands with Chinese ancestry. Mike Dubusky, ABC News. And what are the movies that everyone wants to see this holiday season? ABC's Jason Nathanson takes a look. It's all about the Marvel. We're a team. Oh, no, 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 we're not a team. We're not a team. The latest Marvel superhero team-up movie tops Fandango's poll of the most anticipated movies coming out this holiday season. It'll be in theaters a week from Friday. In second, I'm the king of Atlanta. Another superhero film, this one from DC. It's the sequel, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. That's out December 22nd. And in third, my name is Willy Wonka. It's Timothy Chalamet and Wonka in theaters December 15th. The Hunger Games prequel and Napoleon round out the top five. <laughs> Jason Athenson, ABC News, Hollywood.